before we get started with the show, go over to Facebook and like the Mind My Business podcast page by searching at MMB Podcast. This will keep you up to date on the latest episodes. If you want more information on Box of Care, check out the Facebook page or find us on Instagram at Box of Care NOLA and Twitter at NOLA Box of Care. Thanks for listening and enjoy our latest episode. Welcome to Mind My Business, the podcast that gets you thinking about how to start, build, and grow a successful business from nothing. We walk through how to break down any barriers you may face and feature interviews from some of the best business owners of companies, large and small, providing insight on what it takes to get to the next step. Time to mind my business with your hosts, brothers Jonathan Floyd, owner of Box of Care, and Dean Floyd, owner of the Lux Concept. Guys, take it away. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mind My Business, the show that puts your business on your mind. I am your host, as always, Jonathan Floyd, joined by nobody today. You've just got me. And the topic today is going to be knowing your numbers. So um, if you've noticed in the last episodes or or just across the entire time, I've had people across all walks of life. I had two real real estate agents, but I've had folks from from other industries. And one thing that binds everybody together is numbers. So I just wanted to go into that topic today and talk about the role that numbers plays in, in everybody's lives and then give some numbers that are important in business just because this is a business podcast. And I know the role that numbers plays in our lives, but just in business numbers that are important and i've got seven now i know there's there's tons more and there's some that are more important to others but i've got seven that i want to hit on and um, i will go ahead and close it out so we're talking about knowing your numbers today and before i get into the seven points um i want to talk about why numbers are important or why it's important to know your numbers Um, the first thing they do is track so numbers tell us where we are at that particular time so uh, by the po- time this podcast airs, I will with the, the one after this one, I will be 34 and I've got a goal to by the time I turn 34 on July 27th, I want to be under 200 pounds. I'm a, a pound off and I'm determined to get there over the next few days. So um, number one, say a prayer for me. Uh, but secondly, know that I'm using where I started at the beginning of this year to track where I am now. And I made this decision at the beginning of the month to say, OK, by the time I thir- turn 34, I want to be less than 200 pounds. So numbers will tell me where I am uh, against that process. I know with where I was at the beginning of the year and with COVID, I might have put on a few pounds. So I'm trying to stay healthy, of course. And this is is not a health podcast, so I'm not even going to go down the road on the things I've been doing. But I've been trying to stay focused on on that particular thing. And I've used numbers to track. I mean, the, the scale will not lie to me and tell me that I'm doing something that I'm not. So the next thing numbers do is measure. So tracking is, is telling you where you are in the process. Measurements for me are is the long game. So when you look out over a certain amount of time and I said at the beginning of the month, of the month July 1st, I want to be 200 pounds, under 200 pounds by the time my birthday hits. So I have been trying to do the things I need to do and, and I track it along the way. But the measurement was 200 pounds. So from wherever, wherever I was, if it's 207, 208, 210, whatever, the measurement is 10 pounds, eight pounds, seven pounds. And that's what I used to to kind of guide me and say, OK, this is where I know I need to go. If I'm not there, I have not reached that particular goal. And then the last thing uh, or the last reason why it's important to know your numbers before I jump into the seven points is they decide things. So we make decisions based off of numbers. We use this to guide us, whether you want to believe it or not, to guide us 
on decisions that we make from small things, uh, from restaurants or um, or how fast we go. Number, you know, speed limit will tell us how many times we do something. And people may think, well, no, I don't I don't use it to decide a restaurant. Well, if you've been there a certain amount of times, you use that as a point of reference or. If somebody told you or you looked at a certain amount of reviews or you see an ad a certain amount of times or you see things repetitively, I mean, that makes that decision for you. So um, know that numbers play a role in, in everything we do, whether you want to believe it or not. Math and science is so important in life and what we do. You know, I guess if you don't think about it in that perspective, but it really is. So I'll go ahead and jump into the seven points. And before I do, I have got some, obviously you see today is just me, but I've got some really good interviews coming up over the next few weeks. So if you've tuned in so far, I really appreciate it. You know, hopefully you've gotten something. If you haven't, please go back and check out some of the old episodes with either with me or with with the people I've interviewed. I've, I've had some really good interviews and I've got some really, really, really good people coming up. Not saying the people in the past were not. They definitely were. But I've got some really good people coming up um, as I look forward to taking this podcast further and getting more business owners from all walks of life and, and people just coming in and telling their stories and giving advice. I really hope that you're able to get something from this. And I know you will be able to. And there's a lot to be learned from people in, in every industry. So I, I don't see why it wouldn't be a good place or time to hear somebody who's done something who's, you know, I've got a particular person that I, 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 I mean, and for the most part, I kind of admire everybody that I've had on here, but um, I've got somebody potentially coming on here who's, who's, got a really successful business and they're doing very big things and um, they discuss some of the stuff that's that's changing with their business at the current moment and when I hear those things I'm just like man this is so inspiring people really need to hear this and as I approach people to come on to the podcast their first thought is like well I don't know if I've got a story to tell or I don't know if I've got anything to say or if anybody wants to listen to me and I'm like people definitely want to listen to you or people need to hear your story um, because there are folks you know when I first thought about doing this that who are you know sitting on the sidelines who are thinking I want to start something I want to do something but I don't I don't think I'm ready or I don't think I have anything to give or contribute and that's just not the case if you've been sitting on a business idea there is no perfect idea so understanding okay once you get it out of your mind that there's a perfect thing to do scrap that and then understand of the process of how to go about executing on starting a business and that's been the most important thing so um, and, I, and you know what, as I, as I do this, I, I take notes typically when other people are talking, but I'm going to make a mental note here to get somebody who knows the process of starting. And, I, and I've discussed starting a business, but get somebody who's who's got uh, some sort of legal ties or understands like when starting a business, the absolute things that people need to do to prepare themselves, because there are, there are different avenues that people could go to get help. Um and I guess from there, once you have those things or you know those things, what are you going to do with it? Which you should do something with it, because just in, in term like with numbers, um, the, the more you do something, the more familiar you become with it. And secondly, the better you should become at it. So, you know, when you look at your business from a year ago or a week ago, a month ago, you should be progressing no matter what. Um, there should be some sort of growth there. So I got to get off my soapbox. But but if you if you have been listening, I appreciate it. Um, but know that there are going to be some really good folks from different walks of life that I'm going to be having on here over the next month or two um, that I know are going to be worth listening and taking some time to hear. So please do that. So let me jump into these seven points really quick. Like I said, I'll go through them. If you want to take notes, take notes. If you're just taking mental notes, take mental notes. Seven things that I think are 
or seven numbers that I think are important to businesses. There may be more. There are more. I know there are. There's there's things that are way more intricate and all that. And um, if you want to you want to look at those things, you can do that. Um, but uh, let me go ahead and jump into this. So the first thing is cost or expenses. So every business has cost, uh, no matter what it may be, unless you know, even if you're selling a service, you still have some sort of cost involved in what you do, whether it be marketing or your time is, is a cost as well or an expense or something. You, I mean, there's, there's got to be a way for you to get your business out. But every business has a product or a service or something that they are trying to essentially sell or give to customers. So those are your costs. How, how do you acquire those things? There's taxes as well. But I think the most important thing with cost as always, is, is keeping it low. And if it's not keeping it low, it's finding a cheaper way to do it. Now, when I say cheaper, there's a there's a connotation that comes with it that cheaper means worse or uh, more rushed or not as good. And that's not the case. But understanding that if you're going to do something, finding a cheaper way to do it. So, of course, I relate everything to me and what I'm going through with my business. But I've had to look at it and I've talked about it on previous episodes, but I've had to think about it and say, OK, what things can I manufacture that I don't have to go to somebody else for um, that I can get done cheaper? So, for instance, if I want to want to include a New Orleans designed logo tile in my boxes, how much does that cost me? OK, well, let's just say it's a dollar fifty two dollars and that's wholesale. How much would it be for me to get that exact same tile? cheaper which may be 20 cents and then be able to have something where i could actually produce that myself which may end up costing me 50 cents now what i get or acquire to be able to create it on my own may cost a lot right so there may be some sort of machinery there may be something bigger that i need to do to get that done and there may be actual labor now involved in that so within that that a dollar or a dollar 30 that i'm potentially saving in, in terms of actual money costs, what am I giving up in terms of everything else to get that cost down? But that's something you should evaluate or something that needs to be evaluated at all times. So, again, like I said, I've had real estate agents on, on my show. I guess one thing is I just know a good amount of real estate agents. But secondly, there's so much cost involved in what they do in terms of their time and their money to get their names out there and running ads or whatever else. And and you have to look at it and say, Okay, how can I do this faster, better? Is it building up the referral network? Is it leveraging something or somebody else or, or finding just the, the right channels to go into, which is a hard thing in terms of marketing, because you may think something is, is, is good one day and it could potentially be changing on you. So but knowing your numbers and finding ways to get things done cheaper, faster and better is always the name of the game, which is why folks like Amazon or Walmart, I mean, are able to crush people when it comes to doing things because they can ship for next to nothing or they can do things for next to nothing or acquire things for next to nothing. So, I mean, their profit is, is ridiculously high. So the first thing is cost and expenses. The second thing is, is the inverse. So sales and income are numbers you should already know or numbers you should be focused on. So it's one of those things where you, you're looking at what are you bringing in monthly? What are you bringing in yearly? Understanding gross and net. Um, you know that gross sales is, is, you know, what comes in, what the exact big figure that comes in, if you sell something and you make $50, but your net is if, you know, you've got taxes, you've got the labor costs that have to go out, you've got all these other things and that's your net. So I mean, once you break down what your gross is versus your net, you can make decisions or well-informed decisions 
based on that. But here in sales, you know, you're, you're able to make projections based on that. And it plays directly to the cost um, and the relationship with cost is it's it's directly correlated. I mean, it, I mean, when you look at it, obviously cost and expenses versus sales and income go hand in hand if it's done right. And then also ROI, return on investment is something that plays into the sales and income as well. So when you sit down and you look at it and you say, okay, my cost is if I run ads or if I do this or buy this particular product, it's $10, but I can make 30 or $40 on it. My potential ROI is $30, but you know, my costs go in or my, my, you know, outside of the gross, these other particular things play into it, taxes, labor, um, if there's travel costs, delivery, whatever else that it goes in and you walk away with $15 on your own. So you understand that, you know, where your profit stands. It's important to know that. I mean, you have to always know that. And then also just circle back to cost for a second, you know, cost may vary as well. So cost could be something that potentially changes from the first time you purchase something, which I've had happen where year by year, things that I purchase have gone up. So it's one of those things where I either say, okay, I'm going to eat the cost here, eat that whatever small percentage, if it's 5%, 10%, 6%, 2%, whatever, I'm going to eat that particular change in the cost and find a way to make that, not necessarily pass it off to the customer, but find a way to make it work for me, then I'll have to do that because I can't be changing my prices based on everything that my vendors do, or I have to go a different direction in terms of vendors. So, and say that, okay, right now my cost is going up with the vendors. What am I going to do to make sure that I continue to get sales on that particular product and offset that increase? So cost expenses and then sales and income are my first two. The next thing is margin. So what I talked about earlier with uh, what the expenses are or what the income is versus the expenses, it ends up being your margin. So there's a direct correlation between those two. And and that paints the picture in terms of percentages, your gross and your net, obviously, for small businesses or even large businesses where things stand. So for a small business, your margins may be lower in terms of percentages. I mean, you just flat out may not be able to get the bulk discount. You may not be able to buy large amounts of things. So you'll have to bite the bullet to start until you become more successful and you're able to do that versus large businesses. Again, like I talk about the Amazons or the other places that can get things cheaper. Um, We'll use an Alibaba or whatever to go overseas and get large amounts of things that they could potentially produce on their own. So again, I talked about a vendor's change pricing as well. That's something that could affect your margins. And it's important that you build in a cushion from from day one. And there's a saying that it's easier to drop prices than raise prices. So knowing that, okay, I've got this particular product and a tough scenario is if that your particular product that you have is, is one of the most important things that you use. And that vendor goes up on pricing. It kind of puts you in a really bad situation. So you have to think to yourself, okay, over the next two or three years, or until I'm able to have more product offerings or be able to offer different services, it's important that I price this well. That way, if things change with my vendors that I'm covered, I'm okay. Or another thing is if you don't have help and you bring on help, you may have to start giving up some of that cost in terms of labor. So you have to say, okay, how can I ensure that if I bring on help within a year or uh, you know 18 months that I'm covered in terms of the cost to make sure that I can have that help 
and not really lose anything towards my bottom line. So margin is important. Gross and net, same 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 principles as sales. Gross is is the big margin is the top number, and then net is is what's gonna what it's gonna be once all all the expenses are taken out. So the next thing is pricing. So pricing is, I mean, one of the most important things that any business um, has to use to to determine how far they'll go. And there is a science in pricing. Obviously, there's tons of market research that can be done and can be shown. And there's been studies that talk about pricing and how you use 0.99 or 0.49 and how you can keep something just under an amount and the, the effect that has on people and you know the psychological aspect of it. But sometimes people don't use that. Sometimes people just use feel to determine that. You have to know why you got that number because it's going to potentially be the reason people buy and don't buy things. If you sat down and think about yourself and say, okay, why did I purchase this particular thing? Pricing is typically one of the first one of the first reasons. And and most people might say it could be need, it could be it could be availability, it could be all kinds of things, but pricing plays a big role. And and for the people who aren't millionaires or billionaires, you you're thinking about pricing and, and what it looks like. So I'll tell you a few things I use to determine pricing or things that you could potentially use to determine pricing as well. The first thing is competitors. So what are the people in your industry charging for what they do? Again, this this could go across every single industry. I've had somebody who's offered services in terms of HR who does resumes. What What is everybody else doing? You don't want to necessarily be the cheapest, but you don't want to be the most expensive. Also, do you have reputation? Do you have name? All those things play into it. But what are your competitors charging? And there's a certain amount of validity that comes with you being near where they are in terms of price point. If you're $50 cheaper, $100 cheaper, or an 80% cheaper, whatever, pick a number, percentage, how does your potential customer look at that and feel about it? How would you feel about it? If you were looking at something, you were going to buy something online, I, I love to play golf. I try to play golf as much as I can. But if I looked at some clubs online, and I, if, let's just say I had the money to get whatever clubs I wanted, and there were some clubs that were $600 for a set of clubs, and there were clubs that were $50 for a set of clubs. I mean, what am I more inclined to buy? I'm more inclined to buy the $600 ones if I can afford it. Why is that? Because that pricing gives the, those more expensive ones validity. Even if even if both of them are brand new sets, different brands or whatever the brands may be, but understanding that there's validity in being priced near or around either right above or right below. There's always a... The talk of never being the, the highest, always being the second highest, and never being the lowest, always being the second lowest, somewhere in between is, is the most important thing. And, and it comes, again, with that validity in, in being able to show your customers that, look, I'm, I'm just as good as such and such. I'm just as good as the next person. I'm, I'm right near where they are. But um, as Josh Miles talked about in a couple episodes or a few episodes ago is, is that value offer. So this is where I am in terms of pricing. You see where I am. I'm a little bit higher or I'm a little bit lower, but the value I offer in terms of what you're going to get from me, not just the product, because you can get the product from the from the other vendors. You can get the product from wherever else, but I'm not just going to give you the product. I'm going to give you the product. Plus, I'm going to give you this little extra, this little freebie, this little tidbit of advice. This is something else that you could use to help enhance your experience. It's all about that experience, especially in what I'm doing with with care packages. It's all about the experience. So. 
Um, when when you get the box and you open the box, it's it's about that feeling that you feel when you open it. So um, making sure that I look at what what my costs are and then also what my competitors are doing in terms of where I need to be in price. So the first thing is competitors. The second part of pricing you should look at is your cost. Um, we talked about costs and expenses. It plays a big part, obviously, in terms of what your vendors doing or are doing and and it's important that you build in that cushion. Again, I, I circle back to that. You build in that, that cushion in terms of pricing to know that you're covered for anything at all. So so knowing that no matter what happens, I've got enough built into where I can still make money, it, you know, if, even if things slow down or I'm able to build up some sort of reserve because I've priced my, my product well enough to be able to have enough room for anything crazy that may happen. So um, that's the, the the second part. And then the third part, I think that, that are important or is important in terms of pricing is the market. So when it comes to your market, what are people telling you? Are people saying we this is there's a huge demand for this? We really need this if, if there are. So, for instance, and I've talked about it before, but but surgical masks or masks to cover your face now. I mean, the market for that is is insane. So right now, while it's hot, people are making masks as they should be. I mean, that's how this is this is what it is in America. It's it's you you jump in and you make masks and you you do that right now because everybody's doing that. Everybody's making masks. So um you are able to price a little bit better because people have to have it by law in in particular places if you're going into a business or you're going in to anybody's establishment, you have to have a mask. You have to have that on your face and be covered and you can pretty much get a mask from anywhere now at first it was a little bit more difficult but now not only people are people able to get masks but they're able to get designer masks so you're able to get something with lsu on it or the saints or if there's a particular saying or something that you like or uh, something that you want to represent you you're able to get that now and that's just because that's what the market is dictating in terms of having to have a mask but not just having to have a mask having to uh, have designer masks because people want something that's unique to them and customized. So um, there's there's such a market for that. And you're able to price that however you really want to, because at this point, people will pay whatever for it because they need it. So um, that that's the third point I want to bring up about about that. But pricing is is not necessarily an ever changing thing. I think once you get into a good groove on pricing, there should be good reasoning why you're going up or down, um, and and that's something that you can evaluate through your customers. But um, again, like I said, once you go down or when you go down, that's so much easier than if you go up on pricing. The next thing or big point, and I've just got a few left, is is debt. So it's important to know where you are in terms of debt because that will determine where your business stands at any given moment. So. If you look at what's going on in life right now, debt is playing a big role in what's happening for some of these other businesses. Some of these other businesses, there's opportunities to get loans and all kinds of other things. And people don't really want to go into debt, especially if you've bootstrapped your business from the start. When you're starting a business, it's hard to say how much debt you want to go into because... There's always going to be a level of debt, either in time or money when you're starting a business. And for the most part, people typically bootstrap and don't have a lot of money. So there'll be a ton of time. But also understand that death will death debt, excuse me, will determine your potential growth because it will take money to get to the next level in business. Now, now don't get me wrong. There's people who are like, I started with, with twenty dollars or I started with one hundred dollars and I grew into this and 
it can definitely happen. But a lot of times it takes money. It takes money to do what you want to or to get where you need to go. But that level of debt is something that will always be that potential albatross around your neck. And you'll always have a certain level of debt. And you'll have to look at that and say, OK, how far do I want to go? with the debt and not put myself in a position where I could never recover from it. So it's just something that you'd have to think about when you start your business. How far do you want to go? And it's another thing to keep in mind. So if you if you get a business loan, a small business loan, or you get some sort of credit card, knowing that, yes, you're going to have to go into a little bit of debt. You're going to have to give up something. And I don't necessarily, again, mean money. It could be time as well. But knowing how far down you are and then looking at your results as time goes. So it's important that you're keeping track of how things are going for your business and say, okay, I've, I've spent this much and I've got this much in terms of results. So either I need to keep on chipping away at this particular thing or pivot and do something else to try to get some sort of results. It's important to have that feel of knowing where you stand or where things are for you in terms of what you're doing. So, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways to, to go into debt. I mean, you could use a typical bank, VCs or venture capitalists are a new thing. And for those who aren't familiar with venture capitalists, these are organizations that look at your business or you do some sort of pitch. I mean, everybody watch, watches Shark Tank or everybody watches these particular shows that, you know, have people, entrepreneurs come in and talk about what they're doing. There's all kind of contests and programs and incubators where people come in and say, OK, I'm doing X, Y and Z. And those venture capitalists will say, OK, we'll give you this amount of money for this percentage or some sort of royalty or whatever that the, the, the cost you work out with them. Um, one podcast I always talk about that I listen to is how I built this. And for all the successful businesses that are on there and it's, you know, how I built this has everybody. I mean, Damon John and, and Sarah Blakely from Spanx and all, all, all kinds of organizations. And when those people talk about it, it's like a lot of them raise a lot of money. Um, half a million dollars, a million dollars, two million dollars, all that. And, you know, is that just from vision or is it from other avenues? They understood that it took a lot of money to do what they needed to do. And it does. I mean, if you're trying to get to a certain level, I mean, you think about it. The If you want to become a million dollar business, do you really think that you spending $200 a month on something or you spending $1,000 a year or you spending $10,000 a year on something is going to necessarily get you? I mean, it's possible, but it's going to take you reaching more people unless whatever you do makes you large amounts of money but if that's the case then when you think about it chances are that if you do something that brings you a large return that you're putting out a lot to get that right or you're gonna have to like find a way to get that heavy hit for the client so again circle back to real estate they may get large commissions based on obviously it's based on the amount of house or other things but they have to get those houses like they have to be the the real estate agent chosen to be able to sell those houses. So what is that? What's the cost to get that? I'm sure there's there's tons of costs. If I, if I brought the agents I know back on to say, I mean, there's there's things that go into that for them to be able to get that um, really another it's another sidebar really quick. I like to show million dollar listings. There's one for Los Angeles and one for New York, just because I, I really like those shows. But the the folks that are on there have nice offices or and wear suits and they're really good good you know they're actors but they're also real estate agents but their commissions are one hundred twenty thousand dollars or ninety thousand dollars and I'm thinking to myself like you know you sell a six point five million dollar home but they had to go through a lot to get to that point where they're the person to be chosen to sell that six point five million dollar home and understand that I mean they, there's costs that go into that so it's not a luck thing it's people who've worked over time to get to where they need to go but. I mean, there's still a level of 
you have to put out something. You have to put out a lot to get a lot. I mean, it's just there's no there's no earthly way that you're going to do things in, in, in a small way and be able to get incredibly large returns. It just doesn't typically work like that. So that, that's the, the debt portion. The next thing, and, and this doesn't necessarily have to pertain to everybody, but is, is inventory. And, it, and by inventory, I don't just mean product. I just mean what you have on hand in terms of what you're trying to sell. So inventory could be time if you do a service you know how how when you look at your schedule how do you stack up on time for where you are how do you look at your inventory of time and say okay well i know if i'm doing this particular thing i've got 30 minutes i've got an hour i've got two hours that i'm able to to take and and be able to use that to offer my particular product or service if that's the case where your inventory is so short on time and you do a service then you need to be priced to where you're compensated for that time. And people always say time is money, but it's the, the the correlation between the compensation of time and money. So making sure that if you have less time, you're making more money. And if you have more time, then you could be making less money on that because you can, you're able to repeat that over time. Hopefully that makes sense. So I'll run that back again. If you've got more time, you should charge less. If you've got less time, you should charge more. Unless you've it's determined you, you created a system where it can carry on itself, which I know some people do. And you're able to go in there and log into something and, and jump in and do the do the work yourself and all that. But other than that, I mean, you know, it's important that you look at where you stand in terms of inventory. Now, for me, I have to always know my inventory because inventory is the quickest thing to get me money. And then it's the, the only assets I have for my business. So. Um, another show I always talk about that I watch was The Profit. So Marcus Lemonis will go into businesses and say, OK, you've got you're saying you're tight on cash and you're whatever, two hundred thousand dollars behind. But you've got fifty eight thousand dollars in inventory. Let's get that out of here. Let's liquidate that. Let's sell that. Let's let's turn that into money and expenses will directly tie into your inventory. So seeing your expenses go up will bring your inventory up. And to see your sales go up should bring your inventory down. So there's correlations between other things that are happening in your business with inventory. But you have to watch where your inventory is because that shapes your relationship with your cash in your business. But it will also determine how you look at time. So there's something in inventory or supply chain or, you know, either one that's called lead time. So lead time is what it takes from or the time it takes from ordering something to having it on hand now, I'm, I'm putting it simply because that's how i know it in my head but when you look at something and say i need this particular product it takes from the time i order it three days for them to fulfill it and seven days for it to get here well your lead time is 10 days so you need to know that if customers are ordering this at a particular at a particular clip if they're, if they're ordering that particular thing once a week and you keep 10 on hand then you know by three weeks out and you know you've got 10 days then you should be ordering then i mean waiting till two weeks is cutting it close but that's still you should still have it with a little bit of room to spare but understanding that okay so this is where things stand for me this is this is the the cushion i have in terms of time so let me go ahead and stay on top of that now if you've got products that expire then you need to be looking at that as your as your time so if your if your products expire in october 
and it's a hard expiration or that's when you throw them out or, you know, and I'm talking about tangible things like food or something like that, then you know, okay, so this expires in October. If I've got a bag of chips, I know by late September, early October that I need to be order in another 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 round i mean you have to be you have to stay on top of that so that's that's very important in terms of inventory and knowing your inventory will know what kind of money you can make and then also again ties your expenses and time and the last thing is time so i think it's the most important number to know um it can be used for goal setting how long will it take for you to get things done um, how, also, how long it will take for you to get things off the ground. So it plays into the inventory, as I mentioned, big time, um, but it also plays into life as well. And this is a business podcast, but it plays into life because it's it's the only thing that is infinite, but also limited for us. So, you know, if you know time, it could better gauge or if you're familiar with time or, or know what your time looks like, it could better gauge how you're able to get things done. So. I suggest if you're starting a business or whatever, do research to get a feel on on how long things will take you to get done. So once you figure that out, you're you're able to better look at and assess where you should spend your time and energy, and then you can maximize your output from there. So if I know you know starting a business or if I know doing a particular thing within my business is going to take me a certain amount of time. So for me, and certain certain things may not have a time limit on it. Certain things you may be wanting to change. Like for me, I wanting I want to get wedding gifts into my business. If I look at it and say, okay, I want to get wedding gifts in there, how long is it going to take me to establish everything I need to establish to be able to do that? I need to set a time frame, or I have set a time frame, and I'm still working on on getting towards that. But you look at the project and you sort of manage the project from there, from the start of the idea, from when you had it to where you want to be or or where you want to finish it. Knowing that time frame is is very important and will help you be able to say, okay, this is where I need to be in terms of maximizing my time. So the last couple of things I want to point out on time is that the time you put in to start will yield results later. So understand that things will will come over time, just like anything. And I talked about it earlier. Anything you do, the more you do it, the better you should get. Again, I'll say it again. The more you do something, the better you should get. So if you're not getting better, maybe that's not what you should be doing. But if you are putting in time, you should start to see the results. So for me, sales meetings, as I start to go on more and more sales meetings, I look at over time, my progress has has gotten better in terms of what I'm able to get from people when I go to sales meetings. And that just comes over time. People always say, oh, that just comes through through time. And it does come through time. But it also comes through doing it repetitively. So know that what you're doing now will yield you results. It may not be it may not be in three days. It may not be in a week. It may be three months. It may be a year. But know that the time you're putting in now doesn't always lead to flowers immediately, just like anything else. And the second point about time is that enjoy it because time eventually comes to an end. So and, and I'm not trying to be ominous or say anything bad, but. It's important that you find some enjoyment in things that you're doing because there's finality in everything that we do. So you never know when it's going to be your last time going somewhere, talking to somebody, doing something. So it's it's important that you enjoy time. And I think people get so caught up on, oh, I want to be on the grind and I want to do this and I want to work hard and I want to do. And you should. You should. But 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 also don't lose sight of the most important things, which are your family and, and maybe what you're trying to create or do will benefit your family in the long run. And you also want to be there to see when they enjoy it. But 
that doesn't mean you should shun them or not be around when they um, or when you're doing it to to build that for them because they still need you then as well. So really quick, hopefully you've gotten something from today, but I'm going to go back over the seven points really quick. The first one was costs and expenses. The second one was sales and income. The third was margin. The fourth was pricing. The fifth was debt. The sixth was inventory. And the last thing was time. So hopefully you've gotten something from today. Again, as always, I appreciate you for listening and uh, stay tuned because we've got some more great things coming up in the near future. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. Please go back and check out previous episodes and don't forget to like, share and subscribe wherever you found us. Remember, you can do what you want, but I will always mind my business. Bye bye. This episode of the Mind My Business podcast is over, but be sure to subscribe, rate, and follow this podcast for interviews with business owners and more tips on how to start and make your own ventures incredibly successful. You can find Mind My Business on all major platforms or wherever you like to listen to your podcast. When it comes to your business, we want you to do what's best, but we will always mind our business.